from the great state of Michigan, podcasting across the world and beyond. Across the world and beyond. It's the Easy Speak and Speakeasy 330 Podcast. A podcast that will go in depth on local and national news, ranging from sports to beer and barbecue. We've got you covered. Get ready for Ain't My Money, Not My Problem, where we'll make the picks, you make the money. Now, go grab your favorite beverage, sit back, and join Tom, Rich, JP, a.k.a. The Giant, and Drew. It's showtime. What is up? Good evening. It is Sunday night in the speakeasy. A little different format today uh, because we are time pressed with the man in the lower right hand corner. And if you read his nameplate, it says he's lost in the Pacific. Uh, yeah, he's on a cruise ship right now. Mr. Rich Jasper, what's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, it's, dude, it is hot as balls right now. Now, whereabouts are you currently? Uh, are you in I'm, Mexican waters? or? Yeah, well, I'm in international waters. But, yeah, I'm probably halfway down the Mexican coast, yeah. No cartels or anything uh, tailing behind? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I... Here's some. I mean, I'm I'm hoping some pirates are gonna hop on here, but guess yeah. <laughs> Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna hop to it. Tim, uh, as always, is here in the speakeasy with me. What's up, buddy? How's it going, fellas? And JP, uh, poop talk extraordinaire uh, over yep. in the lower left. What's up, fella? What's going on? <laughs> yes, and there was poop talk pre-show. So we're gonna jump <laughs> right into this thing because, uh, like I said, we're we're limited in time with Rich because uh, apparently he's got to go drink some. Uh, uh, Diet Cokes down at the uh, the casino, but uh, Tigers trading uh, trade deadline very uh, ho hum for the most part, um, and and I'll jump right into it with with, with you, Rich. Uh, are you happy or disappointed with with Scott Harris's first first time around as a, the Tigers VP? I'm not gonna say that I'm disappointed in what he did. Uh, I just don't think there was much of a market for many of the players that they were willing to uh, to give up. You know, I mean, Lorenzen, yeah, okay, so we got a second baseman who, by the way, I mean, he, he's got good contact numbers. He's got some – he's definitely got some upside to him. Is it going to take a little bit of time? Sure. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I think he's going to fit in well uh, as long as he pans out, right, because you know how sometimes it goes. Um, you know, the big, the big conversation was about Erod and how, how they couldn't come to terms with the Dodgers. And I guess he wasn't totally ruling out the Dodgers. They, you know, he allowed them to talk. Right. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, I think he was like, I'm just going to do what's best for me and my family. And the people were absolutely torching, uh, you know, Harris on, on why he didn't get anything done. Uh, you know, you should have known that they were on a no trade, but, you know, he gave them the okay to talk to him. So that's a lot of going on. I, I don't, you know, when you really don't have much to give up per se or much that you're willing to give up, it's not worth making a, a dumb trade like that. Well, from from what I understand, um, Erod was requesting a $20 million extension from the Dodgers, and the Dodgers was like, no, that ain't happening. So uh, that's when he decided to uh, pull his name off. Um, 
you know, from the the no trade clause. So, um, I mean, but do you? Bl- I mean, do you blame the guy? I mean, no, let's be real I, here. I don't. So, yeah, I people, don't. They, you know, they, you know, uproot his family, move him out there. You know, he wanted a little bit more security, I guess, if you want to say. So, right. So, I don't blame him. He's not worth that extra twenty million. But I not, not right now. No, not right. You know, they now. always say they, they always say throw it up as high as you can, and wherever it comes down. Oh, sure, aim high, watch him buy. Yeah. You know, and and again, last year he was away from the team for a good portion of the season in which he was ignoring calls and texts and and he basically didn't make the, the Tigers chose to not pay him. So there was a lot of thought that th- this was a little bit of payback, but uh, it kind of came out that there maybe was a decision by his wife. Rich, what do you think about uh, the potential of the wife kind of dictating where um, the player is going to play. You, you don't really hear that side of the the professional scope when it comes to contracts. I mean, so I mean, let's let's put this outside of baseball, right? Let's talk about it. I mean, we're, we're all in relationships. You know, we got kids, married, everything like that. So let's be real about it. If if you have a decision to make, right? Obviously, you're gonna. And he did have his decision to make, right? Because he did have a no trade clause to. Certain teams, the only team that happened to be interested in was the Dodgers. Right. So obviously, you know, is he going to have those conversations? Absolutely, he's going to have those conversations. Does he have the right to make those con- to have those conversations? Absolutely. Sure. You know, and at, at the end of the day, people were hosing on him and everything like that. It's like, but hey, listen, at the end of the day, we're all people. Right. And right. Base, baseball's a business, right? Mm-hmm. So. And 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 like you're saying, most most times you don't see that aspect. You only see the player as a player. You don't. You don't really yeah. take into effect that you know there's families involved, there's kids uprooting. You know, um, so you know that makes it a little bit difficult. Uh, JP, there was a name that was floating around prior, Kerry Carpenter as a potential um, trade chip. We'll say power yeah. power hitting left hander. I, I mean that's a hot commodity in baseball, especially for some teams that are looking for some some help maybe off the bench, give him some spark. Were you surprised that, that his name wasn't brought up in, in, in a trade? No, not really. Uh, he's still he's still under team control till like 2029. I think he makes league minimum. So really at that point, it makes no sense to get rid of him, you know, right. and we don't even know if he's reached his ceiling yet. That's true. That's true. Um. And I'll go back to you before you have to uh, bounce out. We're just going to do one topic with you, Rich. Um, do you see Erod re-upping for his player option next year? Um, I think if they can come to terms or if he sees the direction of the team going the way that he likes it, yeah, I can see them signing him again. But then again, I mean, you know, in the, you know if they don't pick it up, then or they don't come to terms and would i be surprised i'd be surprised if they didn't pick it up because if you look at what they got they really don't have much well it's his option he has the player option yeah yeah um, but that's what i mean like if he like if he just doesn't see uh you know if he doesn't see anything manifesting for team you know if are they getting better are they bringing some pieces in if if they're not then he's he's bouncing well i feel yeah. like um the fact that the Dodgers were the only team that was interested kind of lets you know where other teams are looking at him. Um, but real quick before you go here, Rich, 
if he chooses to opt out next year, can you consider this a, a failure for Scott Harris with not moving him, not not digging a little bit deeper and trying to move him? Um, here's the thing: is we can we can speculate all we want. He might have had ten teams calling him, mm-hmm. calling about him. They might be all ten that were on his do not trade. So I mean, well, yeah. really, I mean, and really there was can't. ten. There yeah, was ten. Yeah, we can't really speculate. But not only that, though, it's you know, it's kind of one of those things: high risk, high reward, right? So yeah. maybe, maybe what was being presented to them just wasn't wasn't worth it. So right. I mean, and, do I and, do and I call that, it a failure? No, I, I don't call it a failure. I, I don't. I I think I, I think he was cautious, but maybe yeah. a little over cautious. But still, you know, they still got to try to win some baseball games. They still got to. You know, it's a business. They got to make money, right? So <laughs> too too bad they couldn't have mustered up a deal to pay half of Javi's uh, contract and move him along. <laughs> um, so hey, it's funny you bring it's funny you bring that up. So being out in in the middle of nowhere, I've been able to uh, do some reading. But man, I mean, he took some time off for personal reason. I think it was a death in the family, and dude, people are just absolutely shitting on him. It's like, dude, at the end of the day, dude, we're all humans, right? And there's people absolutely just torching the guy on on Twitter about it. So, and but that's just it. That's that's the nature of the beast when it comes to sports. They don't look at the 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 other factors that are involved. They don't see, you know, that there's something. Even even Erod last year, you know, rumors were he was having some marital problems. That's why he walked away from the yep. game for a little while. Like these are things that these, like you said, they're human beings. They're these are things that affect you and I, all four of us in this show. If, if, if there's a death in the family, it, we're going to be affected by it. If we're having relationship issues, our job's going to be affected by it. Sometimes we have to step away. Um, but these guys are looked at in a different regard. They're, they're looked at almost like superhuman, like they should not be affected by that. And I think that's absolutely wrong. And, yeah. and anybody, and even down to Austin Meadows, the situation he's dealing with, I mean, Mental health is not anything to, to uh, frown upon because it's a, it's a big, big deal, and, and it affects professional athletes as well. So that's a, that's a great yeah. point that you brought up. So, All right, guys. Well, hey, I got to run. It was good. Enjoy the rest of the show. I'll catch up with you guys later. Have fun. Later. Tell everybody we said hello. Enjoy your trip. All right, go, bl- All right, go blue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See you, Richard. See you. So – yeah, I mean, it's that is an aspect that people look at that, you know, it is kind of unfair. Um, I'll kind of close this out with you, Tim, since you didn't really get a talk here in no. this comment. Uh, oh, um, what were your thoughts? I, I guess I, I guess we'll kind of go beyond the Tigers. Uh, who do you feel helped themselves the most in, in baseball with this trade deadline? I would probably say the Astros by re-adding Verlander. They let him go, thought they didn't need him. It ended up they needed him. The AL West with the Rangers adding Scherzer, they knew they had to make a move, so they went out and reacquired JV. And the Mets are covering more than half his contract. So that's that's the. I mean, they gave up. Uh, I think two of their top prospects. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're paying like 35, yeah, yeah. 35, and then the the third option if. It's picked up. They'll cover half of that. Yeah. So, so it's that. That's just crazy. So Houston let him walk and got him back for a bag of chips, basically. <laughs> the, the famous yeah. Gary Foster mm-hmm. quote: "Let the bitch walk," and then they <laughs> brought him right back. Him. Um, JP, who who do you feel uh, helped themselves 
the most in this trade deadline? I, I think I think it's got to be Texas uh, with Scherzer. I feel like Texas is closer than Houston to being a World Series team. Uh, you look at their roster, that one through nine, probably the best lineup in all of baseball, in my opinion. And uh, just and then they've they've added not only Scherzer, but they added a couple more pitchers to solidify that rotation. You you got to be scared if you're a Ranger fan with with Scherzer's first performance. He gave up four runs in the first and uh, got a loss. But that, yeah. he's that way. He's kind of yeah. He's a little, a little he'll, he'll, yeah, he'll, he's going to need some offensive production. So that's going to be really fun to watch going down the stretch, Houston and Texas. So they um, got plenty of it. So he'll, he'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, I agree. Uh, it's interesting that the Padres decided to buy and yeah. they haven't won a game since the trade deadline. So I, <laughs> I, I think that was a big mistake. They should have moved. Yeah. Soto, I think they could have got a lot for him. Uh, they chose to uh, make a run at it, that, being seven, eight games out of first place, few out of the wild card. They decided to take a run at it, and right now it's 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 not yeah, boding very well for them. That's tough to say though, because you know Juan Soto probably the best, if not the best player in baseball under twenty five. You know what I mean? And talking about just moving a guy like that, you know what I mean? That's hard to do. But then you look at. He's he's a free agent after next year. Is he going to stay? Yeah. They gave up a lot for him. They probably could have recouped a good good amount back from another team that they lost. But yeah, and you know I agree with you. I mean Soto, look what he did here. He almost hit the uh, Silverado in center field up on the, fountain. the Padres. The Padres, you look, they're the they're the biggest mystery in baseball. Oh, they yeah. have their their pitching staff has. The lowest, the starting rotation has the lowest ERA in the National League, and then you look at their starting lineup, one through nine, and it's it's it just it scratch your head how they're not twenty games over five hundred. It 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 makes you wonder how much of a clubhouse nuisance is Tatis, because yeah. the well, last couple years he has not been a part of that team due to injury, due to suspension. And they seem to excel really well with him not in the lineup. Now he's yeah. here from basically from day one, and they're just faltering. So, do you see that as maybe a problem? Is 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 he a situation where he's kind of uh, oil when they're to their water? Um, or I mean, it, that's hard to say. I mean, I, I can speak for on the field when the, the guy's an electric player when sure. he's on the field. You know what I mean? And it's. Just I like I said, I, I just can't figure them out, man. You go down the line and it's Hassan Kim and Cronenworth and mm -hmm. Soto and Machado and you know what I mean? They got they have a such a good team on paper. Bogarts, it's just it's Bogarts. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? There was a team here in Detroit in 2013 that had uh one hell of a lineup and a hell of a pitching staff that didn't do anything. So we're accustomed to that around here. So um yeah. But you know what? There's there's hopes <laughs> with the Tigers. Um, I'm not giving up on Scott Harris yet. I, I trust him. Yeah. He's a great pedigree. And I think ultimately, uh, maybe sometimes doing nothing is the right thing. And and Michael Lorenzen was not going to be uh, somebody that they were going to run with. Lorenzen he came here. He, he was a reclamation project. Yep. You know what I mean? And they, 
they ended up getting something. Scott Harris spoke to the fact that the Taiwanese player prospect that they picked up was a guy that they've been eyeing for a while. Yeah, I think he's somewhere around like 285 batting average and almost 600 plate appearances in the minors, and he's only 20. So yeah, he's their he was the Phillies' number five prospect. Um, yep. interesting though, he's in West Michigan right now. They brought him down to West Michigan, yeah. so um, maybe they're gonna start uh, getting some confidence up, developing him down there when it's yeah. A uh, little less on him, so, but yeah, Lorenzen came here to kind of reclaim his name. I, you're right, JP. So, um, yeah, but we're gonna move on to uh, the big news of the week out of the Big Ten, Oregon, Washington. Which I think there isn't anybody in this show surprised that those were the two. I think uh, we've done shows in the past. Okay, they're yeah. going to add more. Who's it going to be? And we all agreed it was it was going to be these two. Um, so Tim, that's eighteen teams. That's coast to coast, almost corner to corner coverage. I saw a thing this week. Um, it was one of the the guys on Fox Sports. He was saying that the Big Ten is got you covered all day, all Saturday, three time zones. What does that mean now for the view of Big Ten football? It's, like you said, it's coast to coast, all three time zones. It's all about the money. And now, no matter what, you know, football fans like us, we can wake up at noon, watch our local teams play, mm-hmm. and then we can watch the late night USC games play. Yeah. I believe they're going to add two more teams. And I believe you're going to get the southeast corner with Clemson and Florida State. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to go up to 20. JP, I'll ask you the same question. Um, does this does this make the Big Ten king right now just because of their uh-huh. visibility? And do you see it not stopping at 18? Do you see two more? Yeah, I think there's potential, but I think they're going to go after somebody like Stanford and Cal who are kind of a package deal. It fits academically. You know what I mean? It's that California market. Uh, I don't definitely don't think uh, – on the field wise, it's still the SEC, and that that only that hill only got steeper for the other conferences when they had in Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, if you look at it, they're dominating thirteen in the last seventeen national championships. If you go back to two thousand six, it's uh there. There's a big gap there that we're still trying, but it, it brings in more star power. Uh, obviously, uh, guy at USC, his name's escaping me right now for some reason. Uh, and then, you know, you got Dan Lanning from uh, Oregon, who's off that Kirby Smart tree. and uh, It's it's exciting. It is exciting. Oregon's a big brand. Mm. They're going to bring all their uniforms. They got that Phil Knight, Nike money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you got you got UCLA, you got USC. I mean, I, I, I know that we've talked about it, and it, it'd be exciting to get out to those West Coast games. And, yeah see some of those areas and some of those atmospheres as well. Cause I heard, I've heard that Austin's a, a pretty uh, hostile environment. Well, and then Washington, where you can, you can go to the game by boat. That would be amazing. Boat tailgate. Oh, yeah. that, would, that would be incredible. You have oh, Washington, yeah. Baylor and Tennessee, the only three stadiums in the country that you can get to via boat. And uh, I plan on getting to at least two of them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, you mentioned Cal and you mentioned Stanford. So currently we have, um, what's up, Danny? How you doing, buddy? Thanks for watching. We appreciate that. Um, 
Currently now there's only four teams representing the Pac-12. Yeah. There have been talks with Cal and Stanford. What happens to the other teams? Because really there's no other talks. Tim, I'll ask you, I'll ask you guys both this question. Where do you see the the uh, remaining teams going? If not the Big Ten, then where? Yeah, I think they're going to merge with the Mountain West, pretty sure. This is what I've been reading a lot of. It's going to be their only option, pretty much, unless the Big 12 picks up a couple more teams. I see the merger happening with the Mountain West. Yeah, what do you think about that, JP? Yeah, it's going to end up being the Mountain West. It's going to be the Pac-12 light, we'll call it. Uh, they haven't. <laughs> they haven't really been a representative in the playoff era much. Obviously, it's not a conference that's very sought after. Uh, Yeah, it's on the West Coast. Uh, A lot of people don't really get to watch their games anyway. You know what I mean? So it made sense. Now now I'm wondering if it's going to be the Big Ten after dark now instead of the Pac-12 after dark. That's a good point. And it kind of leads leads me to my next question. Um, Tim, I heard, uh, I, I saw a TikTok this week, and the guy basically said if they were to go ahead and grab Cal and Stanford, you keep though that those teams on the West Coast, you have like a Pacific division, and then you have yeah. your, your East Coast right. division, and you play each other. I would imagine that there would be some interchange there right. at some point. Right. Yeah. Um, but then they play a championship game at the Rose Bowl, so you have an assemblance of tradition between the Pac, then 10, in the Big Ten, what do you feel about that if it was to happen? Like that, that would make a lot of sense, you know, to keep the Rose Bowl tradition alive between the two conferences, which would you know would be one conference, obviously. But JP said it a few weeks ago: college football is pretty traditionalist now. There's not a lot of tradition left that stands. No, uh-uh. no. <laughs> it, it, the traditions went out the uh, uh, water with. Well, NFL. you you look at Oregon and Washington; they're both members of the Pac-12 since 1915. And in a matter of days, that tra- that tradition's gone. So yeah, because yeah, Arizona it doesn't matter anymore. Arizona and Utah have agreed to go to the Big, Big 12. Twelve. I, I, I and U- Arizona State. U- Utah yeah. Utah was a team that I was looking at. Like that would be a really good fit. That atmosphere, yeah. almost like um, like Wisconsin atmosphere, just. And it's a it's a it's a place where you know what it snows and they have Big Ten type weather, so they're a Big Ten type of team. So they're going to the Big Twelve, which leads me to the coach of Missouri out of the Big Twelve. Boy, he uh, he wasn't happy. Check out this clip. I'm gonna say it. I thought the transfer window. I thought the portal was closed. Uh, Oh, that's just for the student athletes. The adults in the room get to do whatever they want, apparently. And it's, um, you know, it's just sad that there's, um, look, my question is, did we count the cost? I'm not talking about a financial cost. I'm talking about, did we count the cost for the student athletes involved in this decision? What cost is it to those student athletes? We're talking about a football decision they based off football, but what about softball and baseball who have to travel cross-country? Do we ask about the cost of them? Do we know what the number one indicator of, uh, of symptom of, or cause of mental health is? It's lack of rest and sleep. Traveling in those baseball, softball games, you know, those, those people, they travel commercial. 
They get done playing at four. They got to go to the airport. They come back. It's three or four in the morning. They got to go to class. I mean, did we ask any of them? Are we going to look back? I, I don't worry at all about the game. The game is going to be strong. Football is going to be fine. We'll all figure it out. But did we consider the people that we are entrusted with? Did we consider the student athlete? JP, yeah. I, I, he's got a point. He's yeah. got a point. And, and you haven't heard that side of the spectrum. The, the people that are questioning, you know, what does it mean? What What's your take on, on his comments? No, yeah, he hit the nail on the head. Uh, these programs and these conferences and all, they're basically selling their souls for TV deals, TV money. At the end of the day, these schools are they're bringing in more revenue. They're getting richer by the day. And, yeah, they really aren't thinking about the student athlete. I think every Big Ten team with the addition – of Oregon and Washington is on pace to make sixty million dollars annually. Huge you know what I mean? That's on the light side. Over half so of what it, they're making, or twice yeah. as what they're making currently. So you know, think about the the treks from Washington to Maryland, and you know what I mean. It's yeah, that's a lot. That's going to be a lot on the kids, and I don't, I don't think anybody did think about it. Uh-uh. You know, you start seeing those dollar signs and. It, doesn't really matter tim i'm not going to be dead, dead horse because you guys hit the nail on the head with it uh the coach is 100 percent right but at the end of the day it's driven by money and the football yeah. side is the money in the nca so yep. it's all money based no one cares about the kids which sucks to say but that's what it is <laughs> i i think once nil took took a, a a stranglehold on on football i mean even college athletics as a whole that kind of changed everything and we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, but I think that opened the door for where we're at today. And 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 conferences want to compete. And they want to compete with the big boy. And like you said, JP, it's the SEC. Um, the Big yep. Ten has been more proactive uh, lately than the, big, uh, the SEC has been, which, you know what, as a Big Ten football fan, as we all are, I love to see it. I love to see yeah. when, when our conference is really stepping up and um, – leading the way, kind of setting the pace. Obviously, SEC really got this thing going a couple years ago with, with Texas and, and Oklahoma, which they're going to join next year. Is it next year or is it yeah. this year? It's next year. 24, yeah. Right, right. So they kind of opened the door. Then the Big Ten kind of yep. followed suit, and then they kind of expanded on it with with the, the no divisions, which the SEC followed up by saying, we're going to kind of go down that route. Yeah. Do you, do you see the SEC saying – we need to go out and get more. Uh, Tim wants represented uh, Big Ten representation in the in the uh, Southeast, um, Florida, maybe up the coast. Do you see the SEC kind of going in and blocking the Big Ten from going that route? See, when it comes to the Big Ten, they out earn all the conferences by a long shot, and they sell their ass for money. When it comes to the SEC, they just want to win. That's it. That's all. That's all. That's all there is to it. The SEC is going to go out and they're going to get the best teams and they're going to. That's. It's basically going to be one huge mega conference down there. So they, I don't. That's going to be. If if they add anything more, I could see Clemson, Florida State, and it. It's just those guys are going to be killing each other every week to try to make that playoff. It just means more. Uh, yeah. 
Tim, the the ACC, which like we're we're talking at Florida State, we're talking yeah uh, Miami, we're talking Clemson, we're talking North Carolina, who's got a nice program now, uh, Pitt. They've got a big TV deal with ESPN, and ESPN has already said they're not getting out of it. Do you think that will be a roadblock for some of these bigger name teams jumping conferences? I mean, there'll be an exit fee for them to get out of the conference, but if the conference wants them bad enough, they would pay the exit fee to get out of the deal. So do you do you see the SEC going hard after the, some of these these schools? Uh, uh, yeah, maybe maybe Clemson. Clemson could compete in the SEC. I don't see Florida State or Miami being able to compete, but I could see them going after Clemson for sure. I mean, it's a big name. It, it's a big name, and it's a it's an SEC esque kind of school. And and yeah. and and JP, you mentioned a little while ago about the Big Ten tends to kind of keep some semblance of a of an academic choice when they make these things so you know obviously stanford would be at the top cal will be at the top um mm -hmm. is that maybe one reason why that might not happen with with some of those teams in the acc coming to the big 10 uh minus minus uh a north carolina maybe yeah it could be um you know yeah they we try to perceive ourselves as academia but we're just as dirty and you know as the rest of them but there, there is a there is a football team south yeah. of the border that uh yeah shady yeah a little shady <laughs> sorry University <Tim>. Cincinnati <laughs> so you don't you don't no. you don't forecast the Big Ten going after the SE or no. the uh, Clemson or Florida State no, I don't see it happening. Like I said, if they're going to get anybody else, I think it's going to be Cal and Stanford. That seems to kind of be the, you know, what what's being reported. Right. Well, if they were to go down into Florida, they would have coast to coast, corner to corner coverage. That would be incredible. Yeah. But you know, they they it it we go as far south as uh, Columbus. It seems so. My thing, my question is, when when this is all said and done, you know, where where are we going to be at? Are we going to be? Is it going to be three? massive mega conferences you know because it seems to me like the pac 12 is going bye bye i mean that's only that's obvious and then you know what are they what are they going to do with the acc i think you know maybe the big 12 can survive but at, you know after you look at the big 10 and the sec there's no guarantees really anywhere no so what happens with notre dame do you guys think you think they uh stay independent or is their hands gonna be forced sooner or later I think they're gonna be forced where do you think they go they have to be that I think, well, that and all the other sports are an ACC school, except okay. well, hockey, they're Big Ten, yeah. So, you know, their basketball program and things like that are ACC, and they joined the ACC during COVID year, so maybe they would go that route. Do you think since they're going to a 12 team playoff, do you think that will keep Notre Dame from joining conference? There's already talk of they're 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 gonna have to it's gonna have to go to 16 and then at some point it's gonna go to 20. It's the playoffs gonna keep expanding. Uh, wow. I I think and as it keeps expanding, that's gonna give Notre Notre Dame's not gonna have a choice but to join a conference. Well, I did I did read this week that um the the cloud college football uh, 
regents or whatever, whoever's in charge of that, have with all this expansion, they've kind of rethought the twelve teams. So, um, yeah, if they're thinking of adding more to it. Then, then that would make sense because you're just going to yep. have. I mean, look at the Big Ten with with what they have now. They've got they've got eight teams right now that have a legitimate shot at top ten. So yeah, um, you're and then you look at the SEC, which um, Randall, I know he's watching. Thanks for watching, buddy. Um, good to see you. Um, you know his representation down in the SEC. I mean, those are powerhouses too. So between the two conferences, you're looking at close to twenty teams, and that's just the two conferences. So. We're not even yeah. talking about Big Twelve. So JP, I think you're right in in a sense that they have to add to it. Tim, do you agree with that yeah, assessment? Yeah, yes, definitely. I think you have to find a true champion because we've seen over the years recently that there's obviously a competitive. There's a big gap there between balance. The yeah, there's a big imbalance there. I mean, TCU didn't belong anywhere near Georgia. You know what I mean? And and it just goes it. back. You know, Clemson beating on Ohio State all those years. You know what I mean? Shutting them out. And sorry, Tim. Or <laughs> or, or us. State, you know, Michigan State us, gets cut out by Alabama. Yeah, or you know, even Michigan against Georgia. You know, it, at some point you have to develop a system that's going to find a true champion. Yes. You know, you can make an argument last year that Alabama was better than TCU. Alabama was probably better than Michigan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Probably better than Ohio State. You know, in a, in a bigger, larger field, they get in and they could get to make a run at it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, probably could have went with right. probably could have went with Michigan or uh, Alabama, Georgia. It could have been an all SEC playoff. Tennessee, and, you know, that's that kind of where it's going to go. Yeah, we see it every year with March Madness. There's always a big upset. So the more yeah. teams you put in, the better yeah. chance you'll get for an upset. There is more more parity in college basketball than any sport. Oh yeah, alive. That's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. Till or, or till uh, Oral Roberts pulls you out of the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I I do agree. I think adding more teams to that playoff view will kind of separate, you know, the good from yeah. the bad. Who deserves there to be there and who doesn't? So uh, that'll be something really exciting to look at. Uh, which yeah. we're going to move on to our next topic here. Um, it it we're staying with the college football. We do some Heisman predictions. Can Georgia three Pete? Well, they got a new new uh, quarterback coming in. Um, even Ohio State's got a new quarterback coming in. Um, yeah, I I I agree with you, Randall. That UNC is going to be a hot commodity, and and you would think for basketball, but they've got a yeah. really good football program. Uh, building down there and and one of the players is going to be someone we're going to talk to here uh talk about here in a minute um as to why they've been resurgent but um i think i'm going to keep on the topic of just kind of the state of of college football where we're at uh, nil's come in it it, it reigns supreme it has taken all the traditions out um as a fan i think uh we all agree uh it kind of sucks in a way because you don't get those kids. Oh, there's a lot of Ohio kids coming to Michigan. Um, that that happened years ago, but it seems like it's happening a little bit more now prevalent. Uh, that's an NIL thing. Kids going to other schools because of NIL, these expansions, uh, these teams joining other conferences, you know, big tens coast to coast. Is that hurting 
the state of college football? I'll ask you uh, that, Tim. I, I do think it is. I think the rich are getting richer and the poor are just getting poorer. Like at this point, you might as well just make like the Mac a FBS or a FCS school. I mean, you might as well just knock them down yeah. to basically because yeah. they have no chance to do anything. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, you're right. It, it, what are these schools? It's kind of like NBA. If you're not the top three teams, what do you have yeah. to play for? Because you don't have a snowball's chance in the 80s. JP, what is your opinion on that? Uh, are we yeah. looking at maybe the downfall of of not only college football, but college athletics as a whole? It, it's now no longer an amateur sport. These kids are making millions, and they're 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 promoting themselves, which good for them, but I think it right. hurts the overall product. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you look at the smaller programs; they're basically feeders for the big for the big boys. I mean, look at Jameer Gibbs, you know, going from Georgia tech to Alabama, you know, that's basically what it is now. It's, you got your top dogs and then you got everybody else and the top dogs are choosing and they're getting, they're doing whatever they want. You know what I mean? So it's all right. We're, it's not good. It's already there. We're already there. We're, you know, we're past tradition. College football is not what it used to be. You know, what I remember 20, 20 something odd years ago when I started watching it, it's, uh, it's basically moved into a professional sport. What it seems like, you know, even with like the playoff formats and everything, then the, the way that they're moving now, you have kids that are staying in school now because yeah. they make more money staying in school. Um, Blake Corum, I think yeah. Blake Corum is making more money uh, as a senior at the university of Michigan than he would be, as a third, maybe fourth well, round draft that, in the NFL. That running back situation is a whole other story, though, you know. I I could see how you could make more money at Michigan than as a running back in the NFL. I mean, you see Ken, Kenyon Drake just got picked up over Delvin Cook. I mean, what is going on? It's it's insane. It really is insane. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I, I think you you hit the nail right on the head with that one. Uh, the And we, we talked about it on previous episodes that, the, the the running back position has definitely um, yeah. kind of fallen apart. Do you see that, Tim, where players are now making uh, decisions based upon, you know, hey, I'm not going to go in the first two rounds. I, I've got these NIL deals if I'm at Michigan, if I'm at Ohio State, that have organizations and their sole purpose is to present NIL deals for these kids. Do you see more players saying, well, I'm going to go stay four years. Maybe I'll pick up my fifth year deal because financially it's it's better for me and my family. Yeah, yeah 100%. At, at 20 years old, I'm going wherever the money's at. If I'm making more money in the NFL, I'm going to go into the draft. If I can make more money off NIL, I'm going to stay in school. And you know, oh, look, look at Hunter Dicker. Look at Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. He he can't get he can't get out of the NCAA. <laughs> we'll we'll get into that as the season gets closer. The, the NBA center might as well be the NFL running back. Yeah, right. They go hand in hand. Um, maybe Marvin Harrison will come back for a fourth year. But yeah. that presents that presents the other side yeah. of the coin. You see more players maybe sticking around because of there's more opportunity. Does that better the game? Now that these players are wanting to stick around, I'll ask both of you guys. I'll start with you, Tim. I think basketball-wise it will because I think one and done is kind of killing basketball in college. Uh, Football-wise, a lot of these guys can come in as freshmen and make an impact, so I don't think it'll make a big difference football-wise. JP? I think football-wise it helps out, but you look at college basketball, we talked about this during the season. It's 
it's a it's pretty much a free for all. I mean, the, you have teams that are they're you're they're running out of starting five of all guys who played on another team the year before. Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of insane. College basketball, is, and then you got some of the best players who are playing. You know, for G League, G League, G League. Yep. you know what I mean. So it's like, it's it's a watered down product. It's not a good one. I think college basketball is in big trouble. I think college football is always going to survive, though. It's yeah. you know, football is king and everything. And, and you you look at your your comment you, you made with college basketball being watered down. I agree, hundred percent. Look at the NBA. Uh, you yeah. get these. These kids are coming in. They're 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 hyping themselves up. They've got millions of followers. This and that. They hit they hit the big time, and they're not what they're all uh, choked up to be. So uh, you yeah. get that a little bit more. I mean, you can go through the rosters of any NBA team, and 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 a lot of them are who who's this guy? I, I, yeah. I have no idea. And I, I think that really hurts. I think that really hurts uh, the game as a with, whole. With uh. uh but you look at the NBA, though. You know they're shelling out so much money. Oh, it's insane! I mean, are, are you are you going to be mad at a kid for sitting on the bench to make eight nine million dollars a year? You know what yeah. I mean? And that's uh, what yeah. you're making your decision off of because it, if you got if you can like you look at guys like you know Caleb Houston at Michigan. You know the kid. He a couple years ago he got drafted by Orlando. You know he was supposed to be the next big thing, and he he was not ready when he entered the draft, but. You have to get in and you have to make that money while you can because right. you don't know how long your shelf life is going to be. Sure. The NBA is constantly cycling guys in oh, and yeah. out. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So that, and you see it with college basketball, you know, that you got guys transferring to three, four different teams before, you know, they can't make it out of college. It's, it's just a watered down bad product. Like you said, Hunter Dickinson. So, yeah. We're going to move on here to um, the upcoming season, which, with all that being said, all that last talk about NIL expansions, man, I tell you what, I'm excited for it. I think that's what drives college football. Yeah. Uh, people are still going to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and we're going to go ahead and look at the national championship odds. Uh, of, of course, Georgia is going to lead the way. They're, they've won the last two. Yeah. Uh, the caveat here is, is they got a new quarterback. We talked pre-show, JP. This is a team that doesn't really have a tough schedule. You want to you want to uh, uh, hit on that? Yeah. So their uh, non-conference uh, schedule is uh, UT Martin, Ball State, UAB. Uh, they really don't have anything of note until they go on the road and they play at Tennessee. Uh, they got Ole Miss at home. It's setting up for them to pretty much cruise to the SEC championship. Uh, probably setting up for an Alabama Georgia showdown, but I think a lot of people are sleeping on at that team there at number eleven LSU, who brings back Jaden Daniels, who's a Heisman front runner candidate. Uh, I think they have a, they have a great team. Uh, Harold Perkins is a guy on their defense that you're going to be hearing a lot about. He's only a second year guy, uh, big time edge rusher. But uh, LSU, I mean, it's one of the most talent rich states in the country for football. And he's uh, they, Brian, they got a they got a good old fashioned homegrown Cajun coach. Yeah, I don't know yeah. So he's he inherited. There was quite a bit there when he got there, and he's recruited to a level. And was he born on third base? No. Oh, okay. Not that no, good. Not him. Okay. But no, yeah, they're uh, 
<laughs> LSU, man, uh, people need to look out for LSU this year. They're, I think they're coming. So uh, you answered my follow-up question as um, a possibly – I don't know if they're a sleeper team. So yeah. maybe we'll, we'll expand on it. Maybe not LSU. Do you see any other teams? I'll put the, the list back up that could potentially slide their way back up into, into the conversation. Yeah, Florida State at number nine is an intriguing one to me. Uh, I think that, you know, they're obviously going to battle it out with Clemson. Clemson's breaking in Cade Klubnick, you know what I mean? He's the first-year starter. But Jordan Travis is a guy at Florida State who's a big-name quarterback. And I, if, a lot, if you don't know who he is, I think you will, you know, come regular season. But they have a plethora of playmakers. Uh, obviously, they have that Florida speed defense. There's a lot of talent there. I think Norvell's getting ready to take them over the top this year. Well, and and he's going to want to be looking to build because uh, there's a coach in Colorado that uh, in a couple years probably will be uh, nipping at his heels to want to get get in there to Florida State. Tim, um, JP just talked about Georgia and their their easy schedule. Who do you see as probably being the front runner at the moment? And then give me a team that, as the season goes on, would not shock you if they they went and made a run. Uh, front runner at the moment has to be Georgia. You're top dog until you're not. You won two years in a row. You know, should have yeah. lost last year, but we won't talk about that. Uh, it's still wide <laughs> wide right. Left. Uh, wide left. A sleeper <laughs> team. I, I can see Washington. You know, Michael Penix Jr. is a top Heisman candidate. Yeah. Four or five years experience. They looked really good last year. And, you know, the Pac-12 separating, I think some teams just aren't going to be motivated to play. USC proves their choke artists in certain games. Only team that scares me with Washington would be the Oregon game. Other than that, I think they can easily make yeah, it. But playoffs. what about Utah? They still have Cam Rising out there. You know, nobody – everybody's always hating on Utah, man. No you, love for you, the Utes. You uh, took the words right out of my, out of my mouth, buddy. I was no going to mention Utah. As they're sitting at uh, 17 plus 5,000, yeah. um, you're right. Cam Rising, you know, he's two years removed from a, a, a Rose Bowl that he played his ass off. And, and they ran into a buzzsaw with C.J. Stroud and that that wide receiver core. Jackson Smith. Yeah. Man, I mean, that, that, was, that was some of the most impressive uh, offense I've seen in a long time. And that's yeah. coming from a Michigan fan to to a Buckeye team, but last year they just Utah couldn't get uh, out of their own way. It seemed, but then Rising seemed like he was hurt a good portion of that yeah. year. But he's a good quarterback. He's he's experienced. He's kind of been through the um, the buzzsaw. And I, I I agree, JP. I think that's that's a team you know sitting at seventeen. You know that another that, one. Another one I'm looking at, you know, you look at Texas at seven and, you know, Texas kind of, they, they get the fanfare and they get yep. the buzz every year, but you just got to wonder, you know, how, what, how much room there is for Quinn Ewers to go out and lose the job to Arch Manning or when the oh. fans are going to, you know, there's nobody more oh. famous on campus than the backup quarterback. And I oh, can absolutely. see, you know, Texas fans calling for Arch Manning, you know, if Quinn Ewers, doesn't show up. I mean, you, you throw a couple picks in a, in a big game and they're going to be calling yeah. for them. Um, another team that, that 
potentially could could make a run is Notre Dame. You know, we were talking pre-show again. Yeah. Um, they got their quarterback, although he's just going to be there for one year. They're, that's what they were missing last year. You know, yeah. They went on a nice little run in the second half after a horrible start, Freeman's uh, uh, coaching career. They were missing the quarterback. They couldn't seem to get yeah. it right. And when they seemed to get it right, he got hurt. So I think this new quarterback coming in, can help them big time, and um, I I can't even think of the last time Notre Dame had a quarterback even relatively as good as Sam Hartman. So it's I mean you got to go back pretty far. Uh, yep, he, there's nothing he, that's even coming to mind. He fits that mold. I'm sure our good buddy Bill Wirtz is uh, fired up for uh, this upcoming yeah. season. Uh, so um, from national champions, uh, you mentioned uh, Michael Pettix a minute ago. Tim, here's your odds of for heisman uh, i i forgot to change the uh the graphic at the top so disregard this this is heisman odds um caleb williams you, you know kind of like georgia uh, he's got to be the, the the favorite uh so jp i'll start with you on this one give me your your pick who you feel could be the heisman and then somebody on this list maybe not on this list that could easily make their way up into the conversation yeah, I think Caleb Williams, I think if they win the Pac-12, they go to the college playoff. He he does relatively what he did last year. I, I think it's kind of a layup. Uh, Drake May is a guy that, you know, whose numbers were gaudy and popped off the chart for you last year, and he's got another year of experience. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, we mentioned Jaden Daniels. He's going to have plenty of big games and plenty of chances to prove it. Uh, Jordan Travis is a guy I like. I obviously you see it's a, there's a lot of quarterbacks on this list. I think if uh, maybe if I'm looking outside of the quarterback realm, uh, I, Marvin Harrison Jr. I think is going to have a huge year, and it kind of pains me to say that. But <laughs> I mean, if we're giving an award to the best player in the country, I mean he he's got to be up there. Yeah, and and he's listed at I did usually top twenty, but he's at twenty one. I think he's undervalued as far as that goes and and again this yeah. is coming from a michigan fan so i think we're on on board he's the first wide receiver on that list tim uh same question to you who do you feel will win the heisman and then who do you think could and I, i'll add it one caveat not marvin harrison not jr harrison. because we all know you put money on that uh give me somebody not named marvin harrison jr that that could easily find their way up at the top Winning it, I just said it in the last segment. I could see Michael Penix winning it. You got an easy pack 12. It's going to be who can put up better numbers between him and Kayla Williams. USC's a choke artist. So if he loses and Penix doesn't lose, he looks better on paper. Yep. Currently at third. Uh, someone I put money on as well is Donovan Edwards. I got him at plus 10,000 odds, actually. So I, I don't like Blake Corum. That's a biased opinion. I think Edwards is way better. And I could see Edwards making a run into New York and taking the trophy home, especially, yeah, especially with that solid offensive line Michigan has. There are two different types of runners. One's one's kind of crafty in corner. Yeah. And you saw what, what Edwards did uh, last November in, in Columbus. Where he just and, and for a guy his size and his power, he does have some speed. Yeah. He, he, he was running away from those DBs. So uh, that is uh, one – Running back room, that's going to be exciting to watch. Ohio State's got Travion Henderson, which a lot of people are saying that he's undervalued, he's underrated. 
Um, if he can get past the injury issues, I think that puts him into the conversation. Mayan Williams. Mayan Williams, yeah. That's, I mean, he he came in. He was their, what, third or fourth option last year? and He was number two behind uh, Henderson, and then Henderson and Williams both got hurt, and Dalen Hayden took over. Yeah. But I think Dalen Hayden's their best running back by far, and he proved it in the most workload he got last year. So this is interesting to me. Um, JP, you mentioned Cade Klubnik making his uh, – debut will say he's you know first time starting the season as a starter they've got him number eight but then they've got jj mccarthy at 12 who's got more experience starting and he showed a lot of promise toward the end of the uh, year specifically uh in that ohio state game yeah he's sitting at 11 um with joe milton former michigan quarterback now at tennessee at 10 is there a little bit of uh, a disrespect for J.J. McCarthy? Do you think his uh, maybe his the way he presents himself with his um, meditation prior to the game? He's just he's he's and he's not your normal um, football player. He does things a little bit different. Does that maybe give him a little disrespect around the country? No, I wouldn't go with that. I mean, if you look at their offense the last couple of years, it's been a been a heavy 60 40 lean when it comes to running the ball you know what i mean and in order to win the award you got to put up numbers true Uh, True. i think he only had 22 touchdowns last year or something 22 2300 passing yards so yeah i just think that they're projecting it based on the style of team that michigan is and has been uh which all reports are that they're supposed to open up the offense a little bit more this year and probably throw it around a little bit more but, yeah, that's just based off projections on what style and what team they've been. But, you know, that can change. Right. Um, two, it, it seemed like Harbaugh kind of had the handcuffs on him for, you know, right. halfway of the season. And as it got closer, whether it it was a trust factor or they were yeah. just kind of keeping some stuff in their back pocket to unveil uh, in Columbus uh, remains to be seen. So I would like to see them go downfield. They've got the options now. Um, yeah. It would, would make their running game that much better. They've got a, 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 a all American style tight end, so um, they have a lot of options. So I, yeah. I I can see JJ McCarthy moving up that board as the season progresses, and and of course that's that's the homer in me, uh, always going to pick uh, the players that I like. That's the fanatic in me. That's the fan. We're all the same way. That that that's what makes this sport so great. We're going to talk about another sport. Man, get your boxing gloves ready. Man, if you haven't seen it, oh, man. Uh, Jose Ramirez uh, knocked out Tim Anderson last night. Oh, my gosh. You check out this clip. Oscar's throw is not in time. He just missed him at second base. This is another rocket of a throw, and now... Oh, boy. Now oh, my like goodness. A... Here come the benches. Off we go. It started with Anderson and Ramirez. Swings being taken. Kopak had to hold him back, and everybody's spilling out here in Cleveland. Here's how this started on the throw to second base. Ramirez went in between the legs of Tim Anderson, and Ramirez says, get out of the way. Well, then Ramirez points his finger in his face and that kind of started things.
Yaz just came sprinting back up the stairs. Down goes Frazier. <laughs> oh, man. That, that oh, was dude. Awesome. The best part was when they kind of zoomed in on it. And they're first off, I've never seen a, a, a base brawl where they, they're like putting their dude squared up. And what was Kopech doing? He was like letting Ramirez get close. Like if I'm yeah. Kopech, it's Ramirez and three White Sox. Kopech didn't do anything to try and stop Ramirez. And he just starts throwing his arms like that. Like I would probably if I was in a fight, because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um are they have they have they issued the suspensions and fines on this yet? I am, gonna, they're probably going to be kind of lofty, I would imagine. I, I am not 100% sure. I'm sure uh, yeah. they're going to come down. They're going to come down hard. But before we get into this, check out Tim Anderson after the fight. And this is Tim Anderson. He wasn't feeling too good there. Oh my god! Uh, he was a little woozy. That I think that was the first time I've ever seen two dudes just like square up on on a field. I've I, seen I know, punch, like, obviously punches, but they were like squared up, like you know what I mean. They were uh, <laughs> good old put up, put your dukes up. Come on, come on, what and you got? The, the umpire was like, "Yeah, I'm out. I'm not getting in well, this R one." Ramirez, like he tried to hold him back. Ramirez, something must have been said. He's like. I ain't getting caught yeah. from this shit, and uh, he's very no. thankful for that. Um, Tim, I'll ask you. Uh, we won't get too much into this one, but uh, clearly Ramirez just cold cocked him, and and they asked uh, um, the coach afterwards, like, "What are your thoughts on it?" And he was like, "Well, I I don't want to say it was funny, but he's got a hell of a right hook. Uh, is that the type of thing where?" You could see motivating the team. Cleveland's a couple games out of first. It's in the worst division in baseball. Is this the type of thing that they can say, you know what, Ramirez is out here fighting. Uh, we got his back. Let's make a run at this. 100%. As a fan, I love seeing that in sports. You know, you police your own issues, and uh, I could just fire a team up instantly. You know, like you said, Ramirez out there fighting, leaving everything on the field literally is going to cost them money and games. So literally. he's he's their best player. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thoughts on that, JP? No, I mean, they're obviously a bad baseball team in a bad division in a pennant race. So, I mean, yeah, there's probably a little frustration going on. You know, <laughs> Cleveland's the youngest team in baseball, which kind of blew my mind seeing that. Uh, but, yeah, it's they're no good you know what i mean it's late in the year they're frustrated these guys play each other a lot they're really familiar with each other right sure there was probably a lot of shit talk you know what i mean that previously leading up to it for him there to was pop something up like that there was something that, yeah. that had to have been said there's right. a lot of things that go on on those fields and in, in those professional games that don't really get seen or noticed you know what right. i mean the behind the scenes yeah you uh, see it a lot more in hockey, but if someone took a run at like Larkin or Raymond, you know, Sider's going to be yeah. up their ass to fight them, and yeah. then you yeah. know, he's going to come out on fire, and that's going to motivate them at least for that game. That are going to, you gonna... know, why can't I don't mean to like sound sound barbaric, but why can't we normalize fighting in sports? It's so it's, it's okay in hockey, yeah. But, you know, if, if, themselves. Yeah. if a guy wants to duke it out on the basketball court or on the baseball field or something, <laughs> just let him go. I, I just guess. that that scene. <laughs> 
that scene of him literally dukes up yeah. like, like it's 1940s uh right bare knuckles every sports a suspension and a fine hockey it's a five-minute penalty right and you go back out yeah. there and play again you shake hands right. and jose ramirez uh jose ramirez is uh he's kind of a quiet guy he's a jokester and and he's he's not one that you would think that would get up and and in the minute yeah. he poked his eye boom that that's right there that's your you know you just that's a threat so tim anderson had to um, yeah there had to have been something there yeah absolutely so um you were mentioning pre-show that uh, he released a statement, Tim Anderson. You want to quote that, JP? Uh, I actually I lost it. Oh, but it well, was something. something I don't have anything. I don't have it in front of me, but something along the lines of "This is bigger than baseball, and we're going to see each other again." Yeah, uh, I mean, which which kind of leads to my next question. Um, they play in the same division. They play each other a lot. They're going to play each other again uh, very soon. Right. Um, will we expect uh, more dust-ups, and will the umpires kind of be prepared? We had this situation last year. I forget what two teams. They were kind of back and forth at each other throughout the season, and then there was a big series coming up, and they were warned even before the series started, don't play any games because you're going to get rung. So you see – you see that happening here? No, no i I would imagine that I would imagine that the league and the teams and everybody would advise them not to yeah. engage right. in those type of things. That's that's kind of frowned upon in baseball. The fight, like you said, it's not hockey. Mm-hmm. Even though you know, hey, would it would it hurt the sport? You know, there's a lot of jawing between pitchers and batters. You know what I mean? Why not let them let sure. them handle it? Sure. <laughs> you know, a little street justice. They, I mean, old school baseball, they did, you know, yeah. you, you get too close to the plate. I mean, I'm going to dust you off the plate. Um, like Nolan Ryan videos, you know, people would charge the plate and he'd throw them in a headlock and toss them and punch them. You know what I mean? And Robin Ventura yeah. found out the hard way. Yeah. Robin uh, Ventura man. got it. Yeah. Don't fuck with the old man because, uh, yeah. You're, you're a little boy and he uh and nolan ryan was like what almost 50 at that point when he, he i think he was 40, 47 at the time 46, and, uh, yeah he bull charged him and uh he found out he fucked yep, around he, and found out he threw a punch <laughs> and nolan yeah. ryan ducked and and got him in a headlock and just started you little yeah. boy little boy oh man that that that's always one of the best memories best clips in baseball um, uh-huh. but, but speaking of fighting, I know I asked Tim this earlier. Did you happen to see the uh, Jake was Jake Paul uh, Nate, Nate, Nate Diaz. Diaz fight last yeah. night? Did you watch that? I seen little. I watched little clips of it. It just it looked like a pillow fight to me. Uh, <laughs> Nate, Nate Diaz looked like he had he has no business being in a boxing ring. Right. Uh, and most of his fights, to me, re- especially recently, are just. It's just him getting his ass kicked and getting his head pounded in. He's making a lot of money to do it, so I ain't gonna blame the guy. But it's just ridiculous what what these what these fights are doing. You know, it, nobody even knows real boxing anymore. No. Or there's a small majority of people that watch real boxing. It's very small it's, and smaller yeah. by the day. Um, Tim, are these real fights or are they staged? Because they were they were talking earlier before the show. There was a moment when. Uh, Diaz walked over to the to the ropes and kind of like hung on the one, and, and and Paul or Logan Paul came up to him and like 
clocks him in the side of the head. I, it, it's, it looked very suspicious to me. It's staged. It's definitely meant for Jake Paul to win. Uh, the one foot he lost was against a real boxer, Tommy Fury. But these UFC fighters, JP said, they have no business. They're trained to do f- different fighting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Diaz exactly. threw a guillotine on uh, Jake Paul. Last. I don't know if you guys seen that mid-fight. He grabbed him by the <laughs> yeah. throat and started choking him out. <laughs> yeah. But he had no business being in there. But That's two got, different styles of fighting. Probably got a $10 million paycheck for a loss. Yeah. <laughs> well, talk about your experience last night. You went to... Um, I went. Yeah, I took SummerSlam. My, I took my daughter and girlfriend down to SummerSlam. It was a, uh, you know, that's definitely staged fighting. <laughs> so it was, it was fun. It was took us three hours to get home from downtown. That was a nightmare in itself. Yeah. Uh, I, Logan Paul opened up the show. Flew down in a private jet to Dallas to walk his brother down to the ring for the fight. I hate the Paul brothers, but I give him respect for that. Being a family man, you know. Yeah. So. I've never been to a live wrestling event. I frankly, I haven't watched wrestling since I couldn't tell you how long. What is the experience being live compared to watching on TV? I have a friend that was there yesterday and she was saying that um, it was a cool atmosphere. Um, It was awesome. The the spectacle, but she found herself watching the screen more and felt like the, the home experience was, was from a fan's viewpoint, being at home was more of a, uh, a better experience there, there's definitely an atmosphere at an event like SummerSlam. it's one of their bigger events of the year but uh watching wise is definitely better on tv like i was watching the jumbotron at ford field i was looking up across midfield to see it so it's better to see on tv but there was there was an atmosphere it was electric it was kind of cool to be down there yeah it was it, i all week they were doing Every- special things it seemed really cool i completely forgot that that was down there um but we're going to move on to our favorite part of the show, which, ironically enough, you can bet on wrestling. Yes, DraftKings. Wow, that is incredible. Well, let's get to it. Get those betting slips ready. It's time for Ain't My Money, Not My Problem, where we make the picks, you make the money. That's right. That's the point in the show where get your apps out, whatever you choose, whatever's giving you free money. We're going to give you a bet. Hopefully you win money and send some our way. We don't know. That would be great. One day. Haven't had it happen yet, but uh, there's always tomorrow. Tim, it's not your money. It's not my problem. What do you got this week? Uh, Another futures bet in the NFL. I'm stacking up on the futures right now. Uh, NFL defensive player of the year. Uh, Plus 3,300, Aiden Hutchinson. Wow. So I think he's going to have a breakout year, probably close to 14, 15, 16 sacks, somewhere in that range. I, I'm starting to wonder if this guy's not a closet Michigan fan. It's just, it's, it's, it's kind of like, crazy. I like making money. <laughs> it's kind of uh, just out there. Tim, you didn't come out of the closet, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got any more? Is that what? That was, that was okay. just the future right. right there. All right. JP, it's not your money. Not my problem. All right, I got the Cubs money line over the Mets tomorrow. Uh, Cubs are trending upwards, seven of their last ten. Hot, one of the hottest teams in baseball. Uh, the Mets are a fire sale. They've lost uh, seven of their last ten. They've lost. Uh, they got shut out again today by Baltimore. They don't look too hot. Uh, I like the Cubs. Uh, they're actually giving the Cubs at plus money tomorrow at 114. So wow. I would just bet that straight up. And uh, – 
you'll have a return who's, of a hundred dollars on your hundred dollars. You know who's uh pitching for the Cubs? It's Drew Smiley, mm. the former uh Tiger, former Tiger. Tiger. I, I yeah. can't believe he's still starting pitcher in the MLB. It's that blows my mind. He has um, a winning record. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, but he's he's yeah. kind of like a. I won't compare him to Greg Maddox. He's the type of pitcher to where he he's he mixes his pitches. He's not going to wow you with his fastball, but yeah, he's, his delivery and 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 the way he's got movement on his pitches, like that's how he's been able to stay in the league that long. Um, I'm going to stick with baseball because it ain't my money, it ain't my problem, uh, and I'm going to stay home here. Uh, I, the Tigers, tomorrow. Um, Money line plus 140. Joey Wentz is on the mound. He's looked really well. He's, he has looked really well his last couple outings. He was sent down on how about a month ago. He was sent down and did really well at Toledo. His last start before he came up, he had 12 strikeouts. Yeah, it's in Toledo, but he went down there and did, he took care of his business and and he came up and he looked rejuvenated, uh, and he's pitched well. So I like the Tigers tomorrow against the Twins plus one forty. And this is about the time the Tigers go ahead and uh, go on their little run and get people excited again. If they're losing two or three over the weekend to Tampa, um, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if that run's coming, Tom. <laughs> I, I'm not I, calling I'm, it a run. I'm not calling I'm, it a run. I'm calling it a, a nice week. I'm more intrigued. I'm more intrigued at this point of who the September call-ups are going to be. Uh, Hopefully, Colt Keith may. So. Well, Colt Keith, um, yeah, Malloy. Malloy and uh, Parker Meadows, maybe. Uh, yeah, they said Chase, Chase Young's light tearing it up at West Michigan right now, so he should be able. To, he should get a promotion soon, whether you know to Toledo and whatnot. Who his brother yeah. plays for the Diamondbacks? Rangers, Rangers, the Rangers. Yeah, you're right. Third baseman for the Rangers. All star. Yeah, as a rookie, that's crazy. Yeah, they definitely got a pedigree there. So, yeah. All right, fellas, we're gonna move on to the last segment of the show tonight. Uh, some closing thoughts, and uh, Tim, we'll start with you. What do you got? Some closing thoughts for this evening. Uh, Rich said it best earlier. Uh, these athletes are humans. You know, this week at leak, Johnny Manziel tried committing suicide after he got cut by the Cleveland Browns. And I guarantee you all of us were on social media hosing him, how bad of a football player he was, this and that, talking shit about him. Like, like Rich said, these guys are humans, man. We got to give them a break a little bit. We can't expect them to be robots and be perfect. Yep. Granted, he was a party animal and did most of the damage to himself. They got families. They got feelings. They got all this shit going on. We got to cut them breaks when they mess up, and they deserve second chances just as much as we do. And, and how much... Didn't I see that he he's opening a club in College Station? Yes. Yeah. The money, what when does that come out? When when that, does that come out? That that uh, Netflix show comes out the same day as Swamp Kings, August twenty third. So that'll be a call off day for sure. That's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be, uh, <laughs> be must see TV. Um, but you know, I'll kind of expunge on that. How much of the pressure? leads to alcoholism leads to drug abuse to kind of like mask a lot of their problems i I believe you said it earlier is these players promoting themselves to be something they're not and they put all these expectations they can't live up to absolutely absolutely uh jp what you got this week uh i don't i didn't really have anything too prepared this week um you know we're kind of 
we're kind of chugging along here uh, with the show and talking about things as they come. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to say, you know, I I appreciate everybody that watches us. You know what I mean? Even if even if it's just our close family and friends, it's uh, it's definitely appreciated, and you know, it's nice to when people talk about it and. You know, I get, you know, every occasionally get a guy coming up to me at work talking about it or something. So it's uh, been really fun to do this. And we just appreciate everybody that participates in this weekly. Well said. And, and you know, even if we touch one person, uh, we haven't had him back on in a couple of weeks. It seems uh, uh, Virgil, who is from, you know, England. Like, yeah, it's just crazy that where it could possibly go. The reach yeah. that you, you that that's out there, um, so well said. I agree with you on that one. But my closing thoughts uh, tonight are: uh, I got to experience something yesterday that I was very proud. Um, my nephew Aaron uh, got married, uh, and it's 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 beyond crazy to me to think that he's of age to get married. Um, but this kid is he's just a wonderful human being. I I'll always. Uh, picture him as a, a little kid uh, running around my grandma or my mom's house. He lived with us growing up, tossing the baseball around, talking about Bobby Higginson and, and green Palmer. He couldn't, he, he thought Dean Palmer's name was green Palmer. So those, uh, those are always great memories. So I, I envision him still at that age. And, and he was walking down the aisle yesterday and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. Uh, time yeah. flies. Uh, he's just been a, outstanding uh kid he's he's got a great career he's he works for the detroit police department he's in the special uh ops division uh, he's doing really well so i'm really proud of him um my dad myself and my brother kind of took the role as the father figure for him growing up and uh, i think that's helped uh, make him who the man he is today and i'm proud of that and i'm proud of him and um if you're listening buddy i love you and you make me proud every day and uh it was good seeing you, and you and Morgan are going to be unbelievable. So with that being said, yes, I agree with JP. We do thank everyone that watches, that listens. It really helps us out. Go follow us on all our socials. We're out there. We're posting stuff um, usually daily. Uh, so look for some more cool content as um, as the week progresses. As far as next week goes, um, not sure if we're going to do a show. I'm out of town. So we're going to try and figure out a way to get this thing still going. That way we keep content rolling. So, um, But be on the lookout. If we're going to do a show, we'll let you guys know. But again, like, follow, subscribe. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330 podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Check us out on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to sharing another cold one with you right here next time for another fun-filled episode. Cheers. Cheers.